Welcome to The Dog Show with Julie Forbes. You're listening to Alternative Talk, 1150 AM. The Dog Show is brought to you in part by All the Best Pet Care, all the best food, treats, and toys for your dog and cat. They are at allthebestpetcare.com. You can learn about their nine locations, soon to be ten, around western Washington. They are opening a new store on Holman Road in North Ballard in October. So do check that out if you're in the area. The Dog Show is brought to you in part by the Natural Pet Pantry. Raw and cooked food for cats and dogs locally made here in Burien, naturalpetpantry.com. And it's the first show of 2011. Welcome back, Eric. Hey, Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Good to be back and uh, good to see you again. I haven't seen you since last year. I know. It seems like it's been forever. (laughs) Did you have a good trip? I did. It was great. Yeah. Good. Lots of fun. Well, I'm very excited. We have a great guest today who I'm going to bring on in just a couple minutes. We have Ellen O'Neill Stevens, who's the founder of Courthouse Dogs a local uh, organization that is now, I think, doing some national work. So we're going to talk to her about their wonderful work using uh, working with dogs to provide emotional support and comfort in the criminal justice system. Mm. So look forward to talking with her in just a couple minutes. But I would like to announce again that the 100th episode of the Dog Talk Show is coming up end of January. And we are throwing a party to celebrate, and the party is going to be January 22nd, which is a Saturday. Starts at 6 p.m., and it'll go till about 8.30. And we're going to have some giveaways and free raffles and wine and food and... Yeah, that means we're closing in on two years. I know. Being on the air. Wow. I know. Time flies. Mm Mm-hmm. So... So I hope that uh, you can make it out there listening. I would love for you to come and bring your family and friends. And um, again, that's January 22nd, and it's going to be held at Fido and Scratch, which is one of my favorite local pet shops. Now, do they allow dogs? They do, although um, given the number of people that can potentially show up, we're requesting that dogs stay at home. Okay. Unless necessary, and then, of course, they're welcome. Right. Um, Fido and Scratch is in Seattle's Mount Baker neighborhood um, near the Mount Baker Light Rail Station. And and the uh, information will be on the website, uh, on the Dog Talk Show website, which is dogtalkshow.com. So I hope you can make it. Um, you, Eric, and you out there listening, it would be great to meet some new people and meet some listeners and would love to see you. So it's going to be a fun event Saturday January 22nd, 6 o'clock, Fido and Scratch. Well, we're all going to try. Good. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just going to go ahead and speak on behalf of the audience. I hope you don't mind, audience. So uh, we are, uh, as always, available. All the past shows are archived on the website, which is dogtalkshow.com. We're also available as a free audio podcast on iTunes. So if you've missed any of our past 90-some-odd shows... You can uh, find them all online and listen uh, either on your iPod or MP3 player, or you can just listen sitting at your computer as well. Again, that's dogtalkshow.com, and we're also on Facebook. Our Facebook fan page is The Dog Talk Show, and you can follow us on Twitter at Dog Talk Show. So uh, let's bring Ellen O'Neill-Stevens on the show. Hi, Ellen. Oh, hello. Good afternoon. Thanks so much for taking the time to talk with us today. It's my pleasure. Now, I heard uh, you were one of the presenters at the IAADP and Assistance Dog Club of Puget Sound Conference. Uh, That was a few months ago, and uh, we got to... I think Jeter was there for that, wasn't it? Wasn't he? Yes. um, My son, Sean Steven, who Mm -hmm. is 28 years old, and his skilled companion dog, Jeter, from Canine Companions for Independence, uh, presented right along with me when I gave my uh, conference presentation. Mm -hmm. And this was about courthouse dogs. And what is courthouse dogs? Well, courthouse dogs, well, to begin with, I'm a King County prosecuting attorney, Mm -hmm. and I've been a prosecuting attorney for over 25 years, and I really love my job. But over the course of those years, I have seen quite a bit of uh, pain and suffering. Mm -hmm. Um, 
on the part of many people, particularly uh, crime victims and particularly young crime victims. Mm -hmm. And so um, it occurred to me after my son Sean got his service dog that it would be very helpful if there was a facility service dog working in the criminal justice system. Mm -hmm. And what we have found out is that the presence of a dog during many criminal justice proceedings makes a huge difference in terms of providing comfort to the people that have suffered as a result of crimes, um, as well as helping um, prosecutors, law enforcement, victim advocates do their jobs. Mm -hmm. So you have dogs that actually come into the courthouse. And where is this? This is the where is the courthouse that you work that you do most of your work at? Well, I am um, I'm affiliated with the King County um, Superior Courthouse in downtown Seattle. And um, the way this works is that a criminal justice professional, usually a police officer, a prosecuting attorney, a victim advocate, or a forensic interviewer, uh, applies to get a facility service dog from a service dog organization. Mm -hmm. And after a long process that uh, involves having the prosecutor's office or the police uh, department sign off on this program, um, so, uh, a dog is placed with a criminal justice professional and is pretty much a full-time employee there in the office. Mm-hmm. And these dogs are available to help in a number of ways. Uh, primarily across the country, they're being used to assist children when they're being interviewed about uh, sexual abuse crimes. Mm-hmm. And what we have found is that the presence of the dog during these interviews makes it much easier for these children to describe what has happened to them, mm-hmm. makes it much more likely for them to, for them and their parents or other family members to want to come back, mm. and it makes it much easier for them um, if they have to testify in court in front of a jury mm. about what has occurred to them. So it's, it's helped them, and it's helped uh, prosecutors you know, get to the truth and, and seek justice. Mm. And also to testify with that person in the room, is that right? Well, yes. In the, uh, the, the dog can accompany the child, if the judge approves, um, to the witness stand and be present with the child. The child would hold on to the dog's leash mm-hmm. when he or she testifies about what happened to them. Mm. And it sounds like from your presentation and from your website, and the website is courthousedogs.com. Correct. That um, in a lot of situations, this is actually, I mean, I don't know how you and and you can maybe tell me since you've had a lot of experience pre-courthouse dogs, you know, how how do you get the information from children who are too scared to talk when having a dog made all the difference? You know, what did you do before you had dogs to help? Well, I I have to say, um, well, you know, this program first started out when I brought Jeter, uh, my son's uh, service dog, one day a week to juvenile court. And on that day, Jeter could not be with Sean. Mm-hmm. So rather than have him stay home all day, I thought, well, he could work at the courthouse and help kids in, in drug court as they recover from their drug addictions. Mm. And then one day while we were waiting to go into drug court, I saw a young boy there. And uh, he was careful, upset. And um, I asked the prosecutor that was standing near him what was wrong, and she said he, he, he cannot testify against his mother who had sexually abused him. He, mm. he wants to leave now. Mm. And so uh, this little boy then saw Jeter, and he ran over to him mm. and started playing with him, and I just saw how animated he became. Mm-hmm. And so I let them play for a little while. And um, then I said, do you think you could talk if, if Jeter was with you when, when the lawyer spoke with you? And he said he thought so. So I let them play for another 15 or 20 minutes. That seemed to relax him. Mm-hmm. And then we went into a separate interview, and I told everybody, you know, get on the floor, all the, the police officers, the lawyers, uh, the young boy, so that uh, Jeter could snuggle up against him on the floor. Mm-hmm. And then I left the room. Jeter is so well-trained that I could just tell him to, to stay there and, and lie down. Mm-hmm. And uh, But there was a window uh, into the interview room. And um, I would walk by occasionally, and I just saw this young boy petting Jeter during the interview. Mm-hmm. And he was able to talk about what had happened. Mm-hmm. So for children, um, I think a lot of them think two things happen. 
one, they they think they're talking to the dog, and this is usually for the younger children. Mm-hmm. They're just telling the dog what happened. Right. Um, and um, kind of uh, shutting out the, the adults that are present there. And then for other people, and, and this goes for adults as well, just having a dog to pet mm-hmm. while they're describing what happened mm-hmm. is very soothing. And it also, that, that uh, motion of petting a dog facilitates speaking. Mm. And so uh, we have found that, that this works. And as a matter of fact, we have um, a pilot project that's just been uh, completed um, that was um, handled by the, um, Dr. James Haw at the University of Washington, mm-hmm. where he is studying the interaction between a child and dog during these forensic interviews mm. to try to get a sense for how this this works. Mm-hmm. That's great. Well, uh, we're talking with Ellen O'Neill Smith and, and oh, Ellen. Stevens. Oh, I'm sorry, Stevens, who's the founder of Courthouse Dogs, and it looks like it's been since 2003. Mm-hmm. And um, so we're going to take a quick break, Ellen, and when we come back, we'll talk with you more about your experiences with the dogs in the courthouse. You're listening to the Dog Talk Show on Alternative Talk 1150. As much as I love for you For you may think My dog will always come true Natural Pet Pantry is Seattle's original source for wholesome dog and cat meals, offering eight different proteins to accommodate your pet's dietary needs. Made locally using all U.S. sourced ingredients, their freshly ground stews, raw or cooked, can be purchased from their Burien shop, most independent pet supply stores, or delivered right to your home. Natural Pet Pantry will even work with your vet to custom blend a prescription diet for your pet's unique needs. Go to naturalpetpantry.com for more information. Natural Pet Pantry. It just makes sense. Hi, I'm Pat Polly, and I hope you listen to my brand new radio show, Get Active, at 1230 in the afternoon each Tuesday for ideas on how you can stay fit and active and connected to our community. Each week, we'll have a guest who knows in depth about some activity you may be interested in. We'll cover everything from working out, sports, sailing, skiing, to bridge, dancing, volunteering, you name it. Again, it's Get Active at 1230 in the afternoon each Tuesday right here at Alternative Talk 1150. This is Julie Forbes, dog training, behavior, and nutrition specialist and owner of Sensitive Dog, thoughtful guidance for you and your dog. If your dog needs basic obedience training, a behavior evaluation, or food consultation, I can help you. Call me at 206-372-7399 or visit my website, www.sensitivedog.com. I teach group obedience classes, in-home lessons, and evaluations, and a two-week intensive training program called Higher Education. Again, I'm Julie Forbes, Seattle's dog behavior training and nutrition specialist, www.sensitivedog.com. Get your smile on with alternative talk 1150 welcome back to the dog talk show you're listening to alternative talk 1150 a.m and we are back today with ellen o'neill stevens founder of courthouse dogs welcome back ellen thank you so you have, now the website is courthousedogs.com. Correct. And um, there's a video on right on the homepage that's great that I want to talk about. But I want to give out the phone number here. If anybody wants to call in during this interview and ask Ellen a question, feel free to do so. Number is 425-373-5527. That's 425-373-5527. 5527 or toll free in Western Washington, 888-298-5569. Feel free to call in at any time during this interview today and uh, ask a question if you are inspired. We'd love to hear from you. 425-373-5527. So there's a really wonderful uh, video on your homepage, and I've also posted a link to the video on the Dog Talk Show homepage as well, so you can find it there. And your website, again, is courthousedogs.com. And um, it just kind of is some footage, video footage of the dogs um, greeting people as they first enter the courthouse. 
and after they've passed through the metal detector and just that talks about their calming presence and how they provide emotional support to anybody in need. Um, and you said that this video won an award? Uh, yes, it did. Um, the Washington State Bar Association, um, last summer, 2009, um, had a competition, a YouTube competition. And uh, what they were looking for was a three-minute video that best illustrated justice for all, a Northwest perspective. And so um, by way of background information, um, the Seattle Police Department video unit and and the police department in general has been very supportive of advocating and promoting the use of dogs in this manner. And uh, since 2007, they were um, helping me provide um, training videos to other people uh, so they could see actually the dogs at work. Mm-hmm. And the person that's been helping me the, the most is a man from Chile. And when he first started seeing the dogs at work, he said, um, uh, you know, this would be really great for the people in Chile. And I thought, well, Cesar, that's his name. Um, that's great for Chile, but I, I'm hoping that this will get started in eastern Washington. So right. I, I didn't think that was very likely, but I put that in the back of my mind. And then when this contest came up, um, I uh, mentioned this to Cesar, and I said, Cesar, you have all this wonderful footage. Why don't you create this video? And he put that together, mm-hmm. and it won the prize, uh, won two prizes. It won the People's Choice Award, and it also won the judges' competition. Mm. And uh, by sheer coincidence, uh, we'd also been invited to Chile wow. to introduce this concept to um, their law enforcement officers. And this just seemed to be... Um, um, you know, uh, almost miraculous uh, situation. I, I couldn't believe the coincidence here. Mm. And so what ended up happening is um, uh, Cesar accompanied us to Chile and translated for us when we met with the police officers there. Mm-hmm. And then he donated the prize money to the service dog organization in Chile. Oh, wow. And that that uh, very video was uh, translated into um, Spanish and shown on um uh, television television stations in uh, Chile. Oh, wow. Yes. That's great. Well, Ellen, we have a caller on line one who has a question for you. We have Donna in Bellevue. Hi, Donna. Hi, Julie. Um, <clears throat> what a wonderful program. I'm really enjoying learning about this uh, wonderful uh, uh, thing that's happening for mostly kids yeah. and also adults in the court system. But my question is... Um, I'm just curious, uh, is, there, um, is there an effect, is there ever, like, a effect on the dogs? It's like, I mean, I just don't, I know that they're very sensitive be, uh, beings, mm-hmm. and I just wonder if you kind of have to watch a dog to, to see if they're sort of been doing it for a little bit too long, or they, do they ever need a break from it or whatever, mm-hmm. or are they just totally resilient to yeah. Oh, I'm happy to answer that question. Yeah, good question. Uh, One of the reasons uh, why we advocate for the use of trained um, service dogs, dogs that have been bred to do this type of work, is because um, most of these dogs have the temperament where they're very calm Mm -hmm. and, you know, uh, have a great work ethic. And so they have the the right disposition as they're born. Most of them do mm-hmm. to be um, to be to enjoy doing this sort of work and be very comfortable doing this sort of work. So the only dogs that are selected to work in the criminal justice system are dogs that are very laid back and bomb proof. Mm-hmm. So that really helps with that placement. But you are absolutely correct. This can be very draining work. Um, we don't expect these dogs to work all day long, um, you know, be there for one distressed individual after another. Mm-hmm. Um, the, uh, the handlers of these dogs um, are trained to give their dogs a break. And so throughout the course of the day, um, they'll have break times. They'll be in their kennel. Um, there'll be times that they play. They are taken out for long walks, you know, during the afternoon. Mm-hmm. And so we take care of their you know, physical and emotional well-being uh, throughout the course of the day because, um, you know, that's that's the right thing to do, and it makes them do a better job if they're mm-hmm. feeling rested and ready 
to go yeah. back to work. But I have to say, most of the dogs really do enjoy meeting people and working with them, and they seem to be very intuitive in providing comfort to the people that need it the most. Mm-hmm. And that brings up a good point, um, which is the distinction that these are not therapy dogs, these are not pet therapy dogs that are brought in by volunteers, but they're actually, the handlers are people who are, are professionals in the system already. Um, that's correct. And, you know, I draw the analogy between, um, you know, courthouse dogs as being the same as, as service dogs who help a person with a disability, or I work with the Seattle Police Department and in the office that I work at, there are narcotics dogs and there is a bomb dog down the hallway. Mm-hmm. And these dogs have very special training for very special jobs. Mm-hmm. And um, it really would not be fair to put a pet therapy dog in a situation where they would be exposed to things that a pet dog normally isn't exposed to. Mm -hmm. Metal detectors, elevators, crushes of people, Mm -hmm. you know, high emotional situations. And then the other thing is, is that it takes a dog with a great deal of training and the right temperament to sit perfectly still during the course of an interview that may last for an hour with a child, mm-hmm. or, and even more importantly, in a courtroom mm-hmm. while someone is testifying. As you might imagine, judges aren't, you know, are a little dubious about a, a dog coming into a courtroom during a jury trial mm-hmm. and want to make sure that the dog is perfectly behaved and doesn't create any distractions. Right, and doesn't get in the way. Exactly. Right. And so we're, we're able to actually, the 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 children or the adults that have the dog are able to give the dog the command, you know, down, Mm -hmm. and the dog lies down, and usually they're out of view or have limited view of the jury, and they're they're just there Mm -hmm. uh, for them. And so um, it it takes an exceptional dog to be able to do that, Mm -hmm. and it would put a lot of stress on a pet dog, and normally they only work for two hours at a time Mm -hmm. anyway to to be put in this position. So it really works well for... um, that people that benefit from the use of the dogs to have a, a trained facility dog, and it works out well that pet dogs uh, don't do this sort of work because it would be a rare dog that would be um, uh, amenable to that. Well, it, it also seems like it would be um, a challenge to have the pet therapy dog's civilian handler or owner present during a forensic interview. You know, I mean, that that the person being, that the extra person being present is also be, would be inappropriate. Well, and, and that's absolutely correct. I've been a prosecutor for many, many years, and some of us have certain type aspects of our job that we just don't care to do. And for me, it was always uh, prosecuting uh, sexual abuse crimes. Mm-hmm. And, and that's primarily because it's very, very difficult for me to sit and listen to that stuff mm-hmm. without feeling emotionally involved. Mm-hmm. Uh, my emotions would get in the way. And that's with my training. Mm-hmm. And I, I I just can't imagine that it would it would be easy for someone who, you know, is a, uh, a pet therapy team partner, you know, a pet dog owner, to mm-hmm. sit and listen to some of the horrible stories that children have to describe about what's happened to them mm-hmm. and not react to it emotionally. And that could be upsetting to the child. It could be upsetting to the dog, and Mm -hmm. at some point in in time that these people have to actually leave during the middle of an interview, and that would disrupt the interview. Right. And then finally, this person uh, would also, could also be called as a witness to testify on the stand. Right. So none of those uh, situations would be desirable, and that's why we advocate that only trained professionals handle a dog in that situation, Um, and that the uh, pet therapy dogs that work in libraries and um, assisted care facilities are great in that venue, but Mm -hmm. there's a lot at stake uh, during the investigation and prosecution of crimes, and and it it just isn't wise to put a pet dog in that situation. Yeah, because there's really two goals with this, is is to provide the comfort and emotional support, but, but in doing that, in a lot of cases, it's enabling you to do your job in prosecuting somebody or in getting getting the, the uh, you know, having somebody testify so that somebody can be prosecuted. That's correct. Yeah. That's correct. There's two things that's going on here. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm very passionate about this, and I want uh, the, the reason why um, my uh, consulting partner, Celeste Walson, who is a, um, a veterinarian, mm-hmm. uh, the reason why the two of us go around the country uh, making presentations about this is what we want to make sure that it is 
done right because the last thing that I want to have happen is for a dog being uh, a dog being used in the courtroom to create an issue on appeal or cause a mistrial Mm -hmm. so that uh, this could make it difficult for other people in the future to use these dogs Mm -hmm. and to uh, keep another, uh, you know, a a victim from having to go through a trial again Mm -hmm. two or three years down the road because their case has been overturned. Mm. Yeah. And something I thought was interesting, too, about um, that pet therapy dogs are often actively seek interaction, which is why they can be so great in certain situations, but that like uh, that a service, a dog that's trained at the level of a service dog is not going to join in the fun with a child who's trying to avoid the interview process by running around or playing. Yeah, that's that's correct. Um, so what we do is, as you might imagine, when the children first come into a child advocacy center or a prosecutor's office, they're with an adult. Um, and, of course, everybody is very nervous, and these children really don't want to talk about this at all. Um, and the way we establish rapport with these children is for them to spend some time with the dog before they go into the interview room. Mm-hmm. And at that point in time, you know, they play with the dog. Um, these dogs are so well-trained that we can tell the child to give the dog a command like sit or shake, and the dog will follow through uh, with that command. So it's really empowering for the child to be able to to have that sort of interaction and feel in control before they go into an interview. Mm-hmm. And so at that point, we need the dog to interact with the child. But once they're in the interview room, uh, being interviewed by a trained professional, mm-hmm. then we want the dog to just quietly lie beside the child mm-hmm. and be available to pet mm-hmm. because um, these children don't really want to talk about what's happened to them for the most part. Mm-hmm. And if uh, a dog would want to continue on with the play that had been going on you know, five minutes earlier right. out in the lobby area, then the, uh, the, the child isn't going to want to, to talk about what has happened. Mm-hmm. So it's very helpful for the dogs to just lie there and be available and be a source of, mm-hmm. of you know, comfort and have that warm body next to them um, and, and not disrupt the, the conversation between the interviewer and the child so that we can get to the, the truth as to what had happened. Mm-hmm. We're going to take a quick break and we'll be back with Ellen O'Neill-Stevens, founder of Courthouse Dogs. You're listening to The Dog Talk Show on Alternative Talk 1150. For more than 25 years, All the Best Pet Care has been helping people choose the best foods, treats, and toys for their dogs and cats. They are a locally owned family business bringing about little miracles every day by following the Mother Nature model of nutrition. Stop by to meet their adoption cats, schedule an anesthesia-free dental cleaning, or bring your dog to the toy testing area. Visit their new store in Edmonds next to the PCC and their expanded Redmond store in the Whole Foods Plaza. To learn more, go to allthebestpetcare.com or follow them on Facebook. Hello, I'm Eric Krima, Operations Manager for Alternative Talk 1150. We value your opinion and invite you to 1150kknw.com. That's 1150kknw.com to fill out the 2012 KKNW Listener Survey. Your responses help us shape KKNW to your listening needs. Just by filling out the survey, you'll be entered to win a trip for two to beautiful Victoria, B.C., Complete contest details and your opportunity to help shape this station can be found at 1150kknw.com. Do you have an injury, old or new, that won't heal? Are you fighting a cold or illness you can't kick? Do you feel like you've tried everything and are still struggling to find wellness and balance in your physical health? Have you been unimpressed with acupuncture in the past? For over a decade, Robert Meduzia has been making a difference for people who thought they had exhausted their options. Don't settle for pain and illness. Call 425-828-6190. That's 425-828-6190. Again, 425-828-6190. The Acupuncture and Sports Clinic of Kirkland. Heal faster, play longer. Conscious Living for Conscious People. Alternative Talk 1150. Welcome back to the Dog Talk Show. I'm your host, Julie Forbes. You're listening to Alternative Talk, 1150 AM. And we are back with Ellen O'Neill-Stevens, founder of Courthouse Dogs. Welcome back, Ellen. Thanks. And the website, again, is courthousedogs.com. And you can check out their website and 
read more about the program. And there's a really cute uh, three-minute video on there as well. Um, there's also a link to that video from the Dog Talk Show website, which is dogtalkshow.com. And Courthouse Dogs has a Facebook fan page. And uh, I added um, your page as one of the Dog Talk Show's favorites last week. Oh, well, thank you so much. You're welcome. <laughs> Um, so you have, uh, I read on the homepage that there's a, that you, you, in Indiana, there's prison inmates that have trained courthouse, a courthouse dog? That's correct. As you may know, there are a lot of prison, uh, dog programs Mm -hmm. where inmates train dogs to become service dogs. Yeah, we've had a prison pet partnership program, the local, uh, local service dog training program in Purdy, Washington. Right, We've had right. them on the show, yeah. Yeah, and so I've been out there a number of times, and actually the uh, local juvenile uh, institution also trains uh, puppies from Canine Companions for Independence to mm. become service dogs. Mm-hmm. And so I thought, you know, when I when I started this several years ago, I thought, gosh, you know, that that's going to be an amazing story when we have a a dog that was raised and trained by prisoners placed to work with a prosecutor's office helping crime victims. Mm-hmm. It, it would just be full circle. Mm-hmm. And so I always, I knew it was inevitable that would happen. Um, but, uh, and, and then when it did, it was quite a marvelous story. I'd been contacted by a prosecuting attorney from in the Indianapolis, Indiana area. She wanted to get a courthouse dog. We put her in touch with a service dog um, organization called um, Indiana Canine Assistant Network, mm-hmm. and all of their dogs are trained from puppies to adulthood exclusively by uh, prison inmates at three other institutions in Indiana. Mm-hmm. And, uh, of course, they are fostered out on the weekend, so they get to be out in the real world. Mm-hmm. And as it turned out, um, the dog that this prosecuting attorney received uh, was, um, was trained by these inmates. Um, this prosecutor's name is Judy Johnson, and when she met with um, Sally Irvin, the um, director of ICANN, um, she found out, much to her dismay, not only were the dogs trained by inmates, which was unexpected, she didn't know that that was the situation, but that she would have to go into the maximum security prison for two weeks and have the inmates train her Wow! to handle the dog. Mm-hmm. And so this was, you know, this was kind of a tough experience for Judy. And as I listened to her story, it was, it was hard for me to wrap my brain around it, too, because, you know, here as prosecutors, we, we go from, um, you know, prosecuting people and, and wanting to protect society and put them in prison if, if the crime justifies that sort of sentence. And then to be in a situation where you're now on their home turf and being trained by you is, is kind of difficult to to process. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, but it turned out to be an amazing experience, not only for Judy, but for the inmates as well. And uh, what Judy found out was that a lot of the women that were training the dogs had been uh, victims of child sexual abuse mm. when they were children. Mm-hmm. And they felt very, very good about a dog helping Judy, you know, to help people or, or children like they had been. Yeah, And so it was really a marvelous experience. And um, the uh, Seattle Police Department video unit, um, uh, the Seattle Police Foundation sponsored a trip out there to Indianapolis, and we've put together a, about an eight-minute film that we're going to be making available for training purposes about that experience where we interviewed the inmates mm. and we saw how they trained the dogs and also um, interviewed the prosecutor and the people that she helped. And, and that really has been a terrific story. Isn't it something that that the inmates who have trained this, the service dog for the, you know, as a courthouse dog, basically, or for this prosecutor that they can find themselves in the role of, of teacher. Um, it is, and I think it's, it's, um, it's, a very, it's very good for them to be in that role. It does a lot to kind of shore up their self-esteem. Mm. Um, Sally Irvin, who developed this program, saw that um, raising and training dogs would be very therapeutic uh, for the inmates and help them in their rehabilitation, and many of them get dogs jobs as dog trainers once they leave the prison. Mm-hmm. Um, but yes, it is, uh, it, it is in a good, 
uh, a good situation for them to be in, to be the teachers. Um, I remember when I went down to uh, team training with my husband so that we could learn how to handle Jeter mm-hmm. on behalf of Sean, um, I felt very incompetent. I didn't know the first thing about handling a dog. I thought it would be easy, but it wasn't. Mm-hmm. And um, and so I think that it is very good for these women to be in a position of of knowing so much more than the people that they're training. Mm-hmm. Um, they feel very good about themselves, and then the people that are receiving the dogs feel, uh, you know, very good about the people that have trained them. And so it works very well both ways. Yeah. Um, now, you, how old was Jeter when when you got him? Or when Jeter had, uh, wasn't quite two. He was just a month short of being two years old. And do you get all your dogs from CCI? Um, no. Um, see, Canine Companions for Independence was the first service dog organization to make this placement at the King County Prosecutor's Office because once uh, Norm Mailing, the late Norm Mailing, saw how well Jeter helped, uh, he wanted more of them. And I said, no, that's Sean's dog. Um, you know, you've got to get your own dog. Yeah. And so he applied for Ellie. Uh-huh. And so CCI has pro- has made the most placements, but Celeste and I go around the country, and we've been talking with other service dog organizations, and now there are about a half a dozen others that have placed dogs in this capacity. Mm-hmm. And so uh, it's beginning to catch on, and, and everybody seems to be very pleased with this placement. Mm-hmm. Now, you've been doing this for several years now, um, since 2003 when Courthouse Dogs was founded. What are some of your favorite stories of of what you've witnessed between, you know, with the dogs interacting with the people that you're working with? Well, I have to say um, my favorite stories are the ones where I can see how the dog has made a difference. Um, and I have to say the first story that really made a huge impression on me was um, started out in juvenile drug court. Mm-hmm. And there was a... Uh, 15-year-old girl there who uh, she and her two sisters were came from a very dysfunctional um, household. Um, their mother was a drug addict, and the girls used cocaine and methamphetamine and stole cars, and they were in all sorts of trouble. And so all three girls uh, went into drug court. Mm. And drug court is a program where a person decides that they will participate in drug treatment, and if they successfully complete the program, the charge will be dismissed. Mm. Well, her two sisters graduated from the program, but after they left, she just fell she just fell off the wagon and started abusing mm-hmm. uh, drugs again, and um, a bench warrant was issued for her because she stopped coming to court. Mm. And um, so after being in drug court for a number of years, we, we finally decided that uh, we couldn't help her anymore. Mm-hmm. And so we were prepared to tell her that, you know, you're you're going to be uh, terminated from this program, and now you're going to have three felony convictions on your record. And so when she was brought into the courtroom in handcuffs, she started to cry because she kind of had a sense for what was going on. And, um, you know, the judge, Judge Inveen, told her that she was going to be terminated, And um, she did begin crying. And so I asked the judge if Jeter could go over and comfort her. And uh, the judge said, well, okay. So I brought Jeter over, and and she was sitting at a table, and the um, jailer took her handcuffs off, and and, uh, Jeter did an up. He put his two front paws on the table, and she just reached over and and hugged him and then, you know, kind of nestled her her face into his big, you know, neck and... Mm -hmm. um, and then said to us, uh, see, Jeter believes in me. Won't you give me another chance? Mm-hmm. And so we all just kind of sat around and like, <laughs> oh, Chelsea, we've given you so many chances. Are yeah. we going to do this again? And the judge said, well, okay. And that was the turnaround. Mm-hmm. She started coming to court. She came to court early mm-hmm. um, to walk Jeter before court. Um, the two of them sat together in the back of the courtroom. She started going to school. She started getting a job. She was clean. She graduated from the program. And uh, King Five um, had a news report about this. This was probably in 2004, 2005, uh, where they showed her graduating for drug court. Mm. And she said, you know, um, Jeter saved her life. And I ran into her two years later, and she was just doing fine. Good. uh, So that's a very, very nice story. Wow. 
Well, let's take a quick break, and we will be right back with Ellen O'Neill-Stevens, founder of Courthouse Dogs. You're listening to the Dog Talk Show on Alternative Talk 1150. Okay. Specializing in spinal decompression, chiropractic, and physiotherapy. Dr. Justin Favreau and his team uses integrative, evidence-based treatments to provide his patients with comprehensive care that works with the body as a whole connected system. Director of the Advanced Rehabilitation and Wellness Center, Dr. Favreau would love to find a solution for your symptoms of pain, numbness, and tingling headaches, allergies, fatigue, and general malaise. Contact Dr. Favreau at 206-497-4962 or go to advancedrehabandwellness.com. That's advancedrehabandwellness.com. For home repair, remodel, and construction advice, ideas, and stories, tune into Constructing Whatever. With over 40 years of combined experience, hosts Tim, Lynn, and Anna talk about whatever. From important need-to-know topics taking your questions, latest industry news, and a whole lot of personality. Start your weekend with us, Constructing Whatever, every Saturday at 10 a.m. going to drive me to drinking if you don't stop driving that hot rod, Lincoln. That's Constructing Whatever, Saturday mornings at 10 a.m. Conversations Live with Vicki St. Clair discusses issues that are important to you, like good health and well-being, finding a new job, and building your business overcoming life's big challenges and making sense out of chaos and living with passion and joy. Join us Mondays at noon Pacific for Conversations Live with Vicki St. Clair. See conversationslive.net for show schedule and guest information. This is Martha Norwalk. Every Sunday morning beginning at 9 a.m., thanks in part to Missing Link Supplement, we cover the world of animals. This week, October 7th, we'll be broadcasting live from Jones & Company Pets in Marysville. It's their annual blowout sale, so come join us for the party. Free espresso, cotton candy, and popcorn. Great once-a-year sale pricing. Vendors with samples. I'll have special guests. And you can talk live with me on the air about your animal friends. Doors open at 10 a.m. Martha Norwalk's Animal World, Sunday morning, 9 a.m. to noon on Alternative Talk, a.m. 1150. Camley Electric Incorporated is a full-service electrical contractor. From simple home repairs to full remodels, new construction, and small commercial projects, our qualified electricians do it all. We pride ourselves on our workmanship and professional standards, delivered with value in mind. Located in historic Ballard, Kemley Electric serves the greater Seattle metropolitan area, licensed, bonded, and insured. Kemley Electric welcomes all inquiries about your electrical needs. Visit the website, kemleyelectric.com. That's K-E-M-L-Y electric.com. The new mainstream of talk radio. Alternative Talk, 1150 a.m. Welcome back to the Dog Talk Show. I'm your host, Julie Forbes. You're listening to Alternative Talk, 1150 a.m. And we are back with Ellen O'Neill-Stevens, founder of Courthouse Dogs. Welcome back, Ellen. Thank you. So, courthousedogs.com is the website. You can check them out online. Um, there's a really great video on the homepage. You can also find a link to that video on the Dog Talk Show website as well, which is dogtalkshow.com. So Courthouse Dogs was basically inspired by your son and his service dog. So why don't you tell us that story? Oh, that's correct. Um, so I have three children. My oldest is Sean, and I had Sean while I was in law school. Mm-hmm. Um, and he has cerebral palsy. He's severely disabled, and um, you know, it's he—he's just an amazing person. He can't eat really. He can't talk. He can't walk. He lives in a wheelchair, but he has got the most positive outlook on life, and he's always smiling. Mm. And um, well, you saw him, Julie. Mm-hmm. He's yes. You know, I know him as a mother, but I just think he's, he's a great... He's very charismatic. He is. Yeah. He is. And so uh, I love him to death. And 
Um, when he graduated from high school, I was very concerned at age 21 that he wasn't going to have anything going on in his life anymore. Mm-hmm. And that's when um, another prosecuting attorney who raised puppies for CCI mm-hmm. um, suggested we get Sean a, a skilled companion dog for Jeter. Mm-hmm. And that has made such a big difference in his life. And when I saw the relationship between Sean and Jeter and what a difference that made for for Sean, mm-hmm. uh, then that's when I had the idea that, um, well, you know, one day a week, um, maybe Jeter could help kids out in facilities because there are a number of service dogs that typically work in, in hospitals or in schools to mm-hmm. help people. So I thought, well, a courthouse is a facility. Why not? Mm-hmm. And so what I like to say is that um, that Sean and Jeter are the inspiration. I'm just a tool um, to make this happen. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Sean has been the recipient of a lot of, of care and concern over the over his lifetime, mm-hmm. and um, he has such a great spirit that uh, he joins me in my local presentations, as you saw. Mm-hmm. And um, I think this is a nice way for uh, Sean to give back by sharing Jeter Mm. and for um, Sean's essence as a human being um, to be just spread, you know, throughout the country and, and, you know, beginning to be throughout the world that, that because of his his existence, his mere existence, Mm. um, it's had just so many positive effects on so many people. And so um, that just really means quite a lot to me. Uh, what I do is quite a bit of work, uh, but it's something I feel passionate about, something I love doing because uh, I, I love uh, Sean and his dog, Jeter, so much. Mm-hmm. And this is something that is um, that you're really working to implement nationally. Um, it is. Um, I'm working right now. I'm working on a committee with the National District Attorney Association um, to develop best standards for dogs working in the criminal justice system, so that this is done properly. Um, the Seattle Police Foundation has uh, provided funding for us to put together this training video that's going to be available to criminal justice professionals throughout the country um, in just uh, another month or two. Mm-hmm. And so um, it's our intention to get the word out, and it's happening. We were in Honolulu in November, and they're getting a courthouse dog. And uh, just about every month we travel somewhere to give a conference presentation and we're happy. I encourage anybody who goes on our website that uh, does this sort of work or wants to know more no, wants to know more about it to contact us. We'll be happy to answer your questions. Mm-hmm. We we check that all day long. Mm-hmm. And is there a contact information through your website? Yes, there is. Uh, it would either be Celeste. Mm-hmm. Uh, she's a veterinarian at courthousedogs.com or Ellen at courthousedogs.com. That's how you would contact us, Mm -hmm. and uh, we'll get right back to you. And how many dogs are you working with currently in King County Courthouse? Well, right now, uh, Molly B. um, Uh is our courthouse dog, and she works part-time when Ellie, um, who is our our full-time dog, is unavailable. And then there are a number of dogs throughout um, the Washington area um, that are also working in this capacity. The largest concentration is in Washington, of course, that's where it started, and that's something that we're very proud about, is that this originated in Washington State. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it is growing all over the country, and we have placements along the coast. Um, New Mexico is now going to have three courthouse dogs, um, Indiana, Missouri, um, Pennsylvania. Mm-hmm. Um, they're, they're all over. And I don't, I don't know if I was clear about this earlier, but these dogs are actually, they go home with with. So, a, 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 an employee or professional at night. So they're actually, they live with with yeah. families. Yeah. Right. We've had a couple of people say, well, gosh, you know, are they locked up in the office? Right. And at the end of it, it's like, no, they're fabulous pets um, at the end of the day. You know, they, they have great lives. They get to act like dogs. Um, and so uh, they have very good life. And they're just adored, adored all day long. Um, so, uh, they, they, they really enjoy all of our dogs. When they walk into a courthouse, their dog, their tails are wagging. Mm -hmm. They're happy to be there. 
Well, I'm not sure when your next travel plans are, Ellen, but we are celebrating our 100th episode of the Dog Talk Show at the end of this month. Mm -hmm. It's January 22nd, and Mm -hmm. you and Sean and Jeter and Molly B and anyone else is welcome to come and celebrate with us. Okay, I really appreciate that. Thank you so much. We're going to have Wolfhaven International will be there along with City Dog Magazine, and we're going to have lots of giveaways and free raffles and food and all that good stuff. It's at Fido and Scratch in Seattle's Mount Baker neighborhood. So if you and your family are uh, available, we'd love to have you come by and meet Molly B and and see Sean and Jeter and you again. Okay, thank you so much. It's been a real pleasure. You're welcome. So the website again is courthousedogs.com, and you are on Facebook. Are you on Twitter as well? Uh, Just Facebook. Facebook, okay, and that is Courthouse Dogs. You can find their fan page and uh, become a fan, and you can also find their Facebook fan page through the Dog Talk Show fan page. They are under our favorite pages. Ellen, thank you so much for being on the show today and taking the time to talk with us about your wonderful organization. My pleasure, uh, Julie. And uh, just great work, and good luck to you uh, in your efforts in spreading the word. Thanks so much. You're welcome. Bye-bye. Bye. Such a touching, I mean, the stories, uh, I was talking with Ellen about other stories, and they're, they're, parts of it are just really hard to hear just due to the nature of the work, um, along with them being really, really touching and inspirational. And um, it's just what wonderful work that, you know, what she and Sean and Jeter have started is just something that is spreading across the nation and just making such a huge difference. So wonderful. So, again, the website is courthousedogs.com. So um, thanks so much for listening today, and we'll be back next Wednesday from 2 to 3 p.m. Thanks for listening to the Dog Talk Show on Alternative Talk 1150. Hello, I'm Eric Krima, Operations Manager for Alternative Talk 1150. We value your opinion and invite you to 1150kknw.com. That's 1150kknw.com to fill out the 2012 KKNW Listener Survey. Your responses help us shape KKNW to your listening needs. Just by filling out the survey, you'll be entered to win a trip for two to beautiful Victoria, B.C. Complete contest details and your opportunity to help shape this station can be found at 1150kknw.com. Hi, I'm Susan Jacoby, your host with Conversations That Heal. Conversations That Heal is a show that opens conversations to give hope and heal our hearts. I am a motivational speaker, an author, and an advocate for survivors of childhood trauma. For more about me and Conversations That Heal, please visit our website, conversationsthatheal.com. And tune in every Tuesday at noon on Alternative Talk 1150 for Conversations That Heal. Who is Jopra? What is Jopra? When is Jopra? Joe Janot is the host of a brand new show called Jopra. Joe has been nicknamed Jopra by his friends and colleagues who find his advice and insight to be enlightening, just like a certain other talk show host of World Without. Born and raised in Seattle, independent-minded Joe Janot is bringing issues to the airwaves that make you ponder, laugh, and deliberate. The Jopra Show is about the ins and outs of food and drink, relationships, entertainment, and so much more. Get to know Jopra every Thursday at 2, right here on Alternative Talk 1150. Thank you.